Hello, and welcome to Recent Activity, your new favorite entertainment review podcast that attempts to cover every film, every show, all at once. I am your co-host, Andrew Morgan. With me, as they will be every single week, are a couple of guys once described as if Siskel and Ebert and a wolf had a baby, co-host Chris Rodell and Shane Beauregard. I, I was so tempted. I didn't know. Uh, obviously, we all watched Hustle, so I figured that one was a safe one for the intro this week. I really wanted to do the one from Barry, but uh, Chris still hasn't seen it. A little. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, so <laughs> a little chrome fuck number nine would have been amazing, <laughs> but you need to see the episode. We'll get there on that as well. Uh, later on in the show. We will venture into the nerd realm to cover the premiere episode of Ms. Marvel, as well as updates on Obi-Wan Kenobi and the boys. But up top, we will cover the biggest movies of the weekend and a major TV finale on this week's recent activity. All right, big weekend for the box office, as well as Netflix and a bunch of all the other series. It was just a content-heavy weekend, uh, which obviously we're still feeling, I would imagine, guys, uh, (laughs) because so much in terms of TV that we've been tracking uh, these last few weeks, plus the biggest movie of the weekend, Jurassic World Dominion, Netflix had Hustle. We're going to get to all that. And, of course, we were already talking about the Barry finale. So... Let's start with Shane here because, as he put it to us earlier, we left him holding the bag <laughs> by having him see Jurassic World Dominion. We were like, yeah, man, we're all over it. And then he was the only one. So <laughs> this is a tough beat. But you, honestly, were the person who was jazzed up to see this movie. It was the reason why it was on our top 10 most anticipated summer movie list because you had it so high that it ended up getting in your fault. I know. And I was starting to feel that energy from you, Shane. I even said, I was like, I think Shane talked me into seeing this, even (laughs) though I'm like, I didn't like fallen kingdom. And some people are saying, you know, maybe it's not even as good as fallen kingdom. And I was like, Oh, come on. Don't do that to me already. But I was there. I was, I, I was like, you got the old school three, you got the the new class, you know, all coming together. We're in a post Isla Nubar world, and how could it be bad? Well, it has currently a thirty Rotten Tomato score and a thirty seven Meta score. So, I don't know. <laughs> Does Shane agree with the critics or more in line with the audience stuff, which is a six point IMDb and a seventy nine percent. Rotten Tomato audience score, $143 million in box office. Can't be wrong, can it, Shane? Oh, boy. Uh, yeah, <laughs> this made my weekend even longer. This made my weekend longer, and this made Fallen Kingdom look like the Godfather. <laughs> I am a fan. Like, I admit, like, I, I did have high hope for this, because, again, this is one of those movies, like, where I just want to take my brain out, I want to set it aside, and just have really good fun. Well, there was no really good fun here. It's like <laughs> they didn't know how to wrap this franchise up. So they they had like two subplots going on where you had the OGs and you had the people from the Fallen Kingdom. Right. Chris Pratt and all that. They had their own little subplots going and then they kind of met together at the end. 
Holy shit. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> well, set the stage I, I, for us here, because this is four years after the destruction correct. from so, the last movie. The movie opens with a monologue, which right then and there, I almost wanted to walk out of the theater. So you have <laughs> dinosaurs that are integrated into our society now, and we're trying to deal with the impact of that, because they don't naturally belong here at this time and place. Right. So you have... Chris Pratt, who's like a dinosaur wrangler out in Utah somewhere, mm. and Bryce Dallas Howard works as like a, an environmentalist trying to stop dinosaur hunters. <laughs> um, okay. But the, the big villain in this is this big new pharmaceutical company called Biospan, and they have their own little facility in, in Italy where they bring all these dinosaurs in and test them and try to come up with new ways to for drugs to help people with cancer, Alzheimer's, but... The sub, other subplot is they created these dinosaur locusts to wipe all the wheat and food from the world. Uh huh. Which I is heard where Laura, uh-huh. which is where Laura Dern's character gets involved because she's into stopping this. Okay. So of course she meets up with Sam Neill, who's still digging away, and somehow Jeff Goldblum is working on this island with this pharmaceutical company. So he's the one okay. that invites them to this island. Meanwhile, Baby Blue, well Blue the velociraptor whatever right her baby gets stolen so chris pratt makes her a promise that's right you heard that right makes her a promise to yeah go saw track that down. In the trailer yeah correct and then there's a Maisie, uh who's a clone from the first i mean from the fallen kingdom which i forgot there was yeah. a cloned human in here everybody so you, did <laughs> yeah so you have the clone human aspect and, and the locust sub subplots and when they both when they all get to italy that's kind of where it all comes together and they meet each other <laughs> and it's just it's, it's 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 a mess, man. Like I wrote down, this movie is so joyless and soulless. Like it's amazing that Chris Pratt and um, Bryce Howard does not have any any chemistry together after three movies. I know. <laughs> it it was cool seeing some of the old cast in there, even though the plot in which they were brought in was terrible. Jeff Goldblum came off creepy. Like it's just it was mm. a weird performance by him. Uh, Campbell Scott, who plays the evil pharmaceutical company rep, did his like best weird Elon Musk impersonation. Yeah, it's too bad. They, I really love Campbell Scott. He's and they such brought a good back BD Wong, you know, as a crazy, you know, who started it all. Right. It just it there's a couple good set pieces, but it became repetitive and boring. And it's like at one point they forgot they had dinosaurs in the movie. And I'm like, <laughs> what is going on? And like. And then at the very end, of course, you have the T-Rex fight, which you always have to have the T-Rex fight. Sure. They they introduce this other villain reptile. I mean, it was it was a mess, man. Like, it was a CGI disaster, uh, which is a shame. Because, there, again, there's a couple good scenes here. I think you saw it in the trailer where, where she's kind of low-crawling through a bunch of grass and slips into the, the swamp to evade. Yeah. yeah. That's probably the best shot, and it gave you, like, a jolt of, like, she could be in danger kind of moment. Right. But everything else has kind of fell apart, man. Like, they just looked uninterested in being there, except for one new addition to the movie, DeWanda Wise, who plays the pilot. Right. She was like the bolt of energy in the movie, and like, she looked like she cared that she was there. Yeah. And just like, kind of lifted. She was exciting to see on screen. I've never seen her before. But, and I think I even wrote down, hey, do you remember when Tyrese and Ludacris went to space? That seems more plausible yeah. than what I watched in this movie. <laughs> and I expect these movies to be ridiculous. Like, it would have been better if Don, Dom Toretto just got cargo shipped in with his cars 
to save this movie. Like if they were to combine them, it would have been yeah. awesome. We I was say if it was up to him, I think he he wants a crossover. Oh yeah, I, listen, especially yeah. with people jumping ship like The Rock or whatever <laughs> off the franchise that he's building. Well, sure, I will have to say this is the absolute hands down worst effort they put into Jurassic World movie mm. uh, via screenplay, acting, plot, just everything. I was majorly disappointed in this movie. There's a couple of really good you were saying Dewanda Wise outside of the original cast or whatever these the the OGs or whoever the the Jurassic Park or Jurassic World cast stuff. Um I really like uh Mamudu Athi and Justice Smith and they're both in this film. It's just it's such a deep roster. It's such a waste of talent if you're telling me this is a big steaming pile. It is, and those last two actors you mentioned, because I, I wrote them down, but they weren't in it enough. Like especially okay. Jesse Smith, he has like two scenes in it, maybe. Uh, and the other one you pronounce, I can't, I'll butcher his name. Mamudu Andy, yeah, yeah, he was like a driving point in one of the twists towards the end, but he still wasn't in it enough. And I enjoy seeing him on screen, and it's like they wasted him. Yeah, he was in uncelebrated, but uh, or at least underrated Netflix movie, Uncorked. That I liked uh, a while back. So, and he's gotten he some steady worth. Sorry, he was the sommelier. Yeah, he went to that. school for it. Tried to do that whole thing. Yeah, I, I liked that movie quite a bit. So that was uh, underrated for me. So I was looking forward to see what he was up to in this. Uh, but yeah, it, it's a shame if they kind of minimized him too. But again, deep roster. There's so many things, so many people. So many added dinosaurs. You got a bunch of, they're all over the globe, it seems like. They're in different, uh, you know, climates and everything else. So it, it's wild. Yeah, I keep hearing about the, um, the, the ice set piece and the set piece that, as I noted in the trailer, looks like uh, wh- when did they start shooting a Jason Bourne movie and just add dinosaurs? The motorcycle <laughs> oh, chase. Yeah. Like those that two ones, so cool. I hear people are like into, even if they're like, wildly <laughs> inaccurate or off the wall is that right the ice yeah the ice scene was actually pretty cool and it was a shorter scene that now what you're talking about with the uh, jason Bourne when they were going around malta on the on the motorcycles that's a right. very long that's a very long scene yeah and that was probably one of the better scenes of the movie i mean you had like this underground cockfight between a bunch of dinosaurs <laughs> so it was like a weird <laughs> fight club for dinosaurs that they had to like get into and get out of and again there's a couple things wrong with that scene but anyway uh (laughs) you have to like bryce dallas howard again not does she only run uh, away from t-rex from the last movie but now she's just running away from velociraptors on rooftops and i'm like oh my god that's what i mentioned from the commercial i was like she's out running velociraptors yeah like (laughs) it was ridiculous and anyway like one of Chris Pratt's buddies from the Fallen Kingdom, now he works for the CIA or whatever. So we're okay. like, oh, we, we can get you closer to Maisie if you work with him. But you got to stay away and let them do what they're going to do. Next scene is Chris Pratt like taking the binoculars from him and is like setting up targets with him. I'm like, what the hell? Like, yeah. it's, it just it's it jumps all over the place. The editing, there's like, yeah, there's editing issues with this movie. It just, yeah, it just falls flat. I don't want to make this into too long of a point because I know we got other stuff, but there's this thing in my head, especially because I watch interviews with him now, like as opposed to, say, five, ten years ago now. Chris Pratt seems to be like, 
like you mentioned, Joyless as the movie, he seems like uh, energy has been sucked out of him. Every interview I see him, he's not this charismatic Parks and Rec era guy. Or even like, you know, because the first uh, Jurassic World came right out before Guardians did, if I remember correctly. And that era, he was still fine. I don't know if something broke in him or like this whole system has gone. Again, it's a much larger subject, but do you kind right, of, no. do you guys kind of it, notice that too? It's because yeah, he no, read the script. Definitely. He read the script to the movie. No, I got. I, got to say, I, I think, I think uh, critics of him, regardless of what he's doing, I think have gotten to him. No, I, I really I think you know he's a punching bag, and he's just like, all right, I'm just doing this for the paycheck. Well, that's by his own design too. You don't start voicing Mario and doing uh, all these oh, like know. streaming crappy movies and being like, no, cool, I'm still a superstar. But, in this particular movie, though, I really felt like he saw the script and he's like, gosh, damn it. Like, I got to like, I got to do this movie kind of right. thing. Like, he looked so checked out and so monotone. He was like the male version of Kristen Stewart. Like, just <laughs> get me out of here. I don't know what his his career is going to be like outside of these big ticket IP things. Because every movie I've seen him in probably since Guardians, that isn't Marvel or the first Jurassic World. And even that is, it, the movie's fine. I'm not going to run, you know, and be like, oh, my God, singing its praises. But I don't know if he survives as a career. Because, look, like, he did Passengers. That movie bombed and got ripped to shreds. Like, uh, Tomorrow War, people were more impressed with the aliens than him. Uh, or any kind of plot stuff, and that was, you know, obviously a straight-to-streamer uh, this time last year. I, and then he has, like, some new show or something, right, coming out soon? Yeah, I was about to mention that, and actually it looked, to me, it looked really good. It's, um, I'm looking at the Terminal List on Amazon Prime. Right. comes out July 1st. Uh, and actually that looks like it has some legs. So I think that might be, I don't want to say what makes or breaks them, because it looks like no, but a good, a good test. test to kind of see right. how he exists outside of these universes that kind of like prop him up anyway. But mm -hmm. God, he was so charismatic in the first Guardians that I was like, this guy. People were like borderline being like, can this be like a new Harrison Ford or kind of like a an update on the Robert Downey <clears throat> Jr. stuff? Any of those things, like these charismatic leads who can be funny. And... <laughs> He lost all the charm. I don't know where that went. I I, I don't want to like kill his career or anything, but from what he joined himself to, I'm not that impressed. And I don't know if I consider him up with definitely not with the other Chris's. You know the no. you know no. Get, I would even take Pine maybe even more at this point. But like Evans Hemsworth, all the like they're above him uh, to me right now, especially even outside of their respective characters or universes but so so this is a big thumbs down for you shane it's a you step know, down you said from falling like a big it, step down from falling yes Kingdom? yes yes wow a big step down yeah a big step down uh, i gave it a two a out fall, of five if you will yeah i gave it a two out of five just because i was feeling generous with seeing the ogs and getting some nostalgia feel but they even killed that aspect of it too i was like okay so yeah out of respect, I gave it two out of five. But it is the worst, hands down. 
And if I don't see it in the movie theater, is it going to probably go down for me? No. <laughs> <laughs> because, again, they didn't utilize the movie experience with the way it was directed. And a lot of right. it, like they missed out on a lot of opportunities here. So it does not need to be seen on the big screen, period. Okay. That that's a that's a big red flag. <laughs> that's, that's the reason why you try to give that uh, a chance, oh, yeah. man. Because gosh, I don't know, man. Poor Colin Trevorrow, I guess. You know, for a guy who made Safety Not Guaranteed, which I thought was so fun, charming, like a quirky indie sci-fi thing that went through Sundance and everything else, and now you know he got looped in. Jurassic World was the next thing he made. Um, and then he tried to leave and go do Star Wars. That didn't work out, and then came back and now did this one after producing the the second one, I believe. Gosh. You know, I, I, I hope he goes back to maybe a more basic approach, maybe hooks up with something. Um, but, yeah, unfortunately, he's, you know, he's the writer-director on this, so he's going to take a lot of heat for it, and I don't know where his career goes from here. Maybe that's what made him uh... – not get the Star Wars. It was just like, yeah, you know what? We d- we don't like your vision. Maybe he'll, he'll go turn to Bryce Dallas Howard and be like, so how'd you get to direct those Mandalorian episodes? Yeah. I'd like to probably do <laughs> one or two of those, see if I can get yeah. back in. Um, but yeah, that's Jurassic World Dominion. Unfortunately, a lot of negative scores on that, and Shane is right in lockstep with those. Um, but the biggest streaming movie of the weekend is Hustle, the new Adam Sandler movie uh, directed by Jeremiah Zager, who is a Philly hometown guy. I think that's how he got the job because this whole movie is largely uh, around the Philadelphia 76ers and the city of Philadelphia. So that would make a lot of sense about a basketball scout played by Adam Sandler who discovers a phenomenal streetball player while in Spain and sees the prospect as his opportunity to get back into the NBA. Though at that time he was working in the NBA. I don't understand that uh, synopsis too much, but not going to get into the weeds, but part of the charm of this is the cast. Adam Sandler, Juancho Hernan Gomez, uh, obviously former NBA player, current, is he in? The current, NBA still? Current. He's still in the NBA. Yeah. He's he was on the Spurs, right? Because they got in the trade in the mid year, right? right. Um yep. and then Ben Foster kind of plays the the quote unquote heavy, the villain here in a way, uh in the in the front office of the seventy sixers. Kenny Smith plays a much bigger role than I thought any of the NBA players outside of Hernan Gomez was going to play. Uh, Anthony Edwards uh, playing basically the other villain that I thought worked really well. We'll get into that in a minute. Uh, Queen Latifah is also here. So it's a pretty deep roster, not to mention like cameos by a million other NBA stars uh, and also NBA personalities like Mark Cuban and the like. So... A lot of stuff, and obviously they got a lot of these people because it was produced by LeBron James and Maverick Carter, so a lot of connections to get this going. I'm sure it was very much blessed by the NBA. Chris, I will start with you, sir. Uh, Positive scores throughout the land here, 7.4 IMDb, 68 Metascore, 92% on Rotten Tomatoes, both ways, audience and tomato meter. That's pretty impressive. What did you think of Hustle? I just want you all to know, uh, a little inside basketball. I uh, <laughs> was a little late to recording 
because I was doing a pickup game. So. Oh, okay, yeah. You look sweaty, but you always kind of look sweaty. Just yeah, that no, is the just, inside podcast I'm stuff, just, right there. <laughs> I no, I saw a pickup game. I didn't participate. Right. No, yeah. No. I. Uh, you know what? Those scores are appropriate because I said to uh, Shane earlier. Uh, I believe this is the best Netflix has provided in. I can't remember. It's been a while. This was, I mean, we all it, kind it really, of enjoyed senior year on some of, but that's obviously well, a notch. It's a very yeah, different I, movie. We'll even say that much. But yeah, was, I agree. Yeah. It's been a minute since they produced something, you know, probably since last Oscar season. Because I was trying to recall, you know, a movie that was enjoyable from beginning to end. Right. And Hustle achieved that. Yeah. Uh, and then some. Uh, I love when Sandler can act. Yeah. He can act. I I say, well, a lot of people say he makes <coughs> movies with his buddies uh, so he can go on vacation. Yeah, a lot of people do. Yeah. I say he made Hustle so he can play basketball with, uh, you know, real players. Well, that was, uh, that's probably not far-fetched yeah. at all uh, because <laughs> exactly. I remember all the stories coming out of Uncut Gems because he had Kevin Garnett. Uh, yep. uh in there too that and obviously i think they even have a scene where they're playing at the garden or or one of those and uh <laughs> Maybe, yeah. I, I heard it's that he would play like in between scenes or if he had downtime he was just playing basketball all day so and he still plays pickup all the time i saw him on uh i believe it was jimmy fallon and he told uh, a story about he was playing pickup ball and he was like really going at it, but the guy who was defending him was so starstruck, he just didn't know what to do. And he's like, "Hey, man, yeah. it's okay. I want to play. I need to get a sweat. I'm trying to do this just to for exercise. So just give me, give me the goods." And the guy turned to me and goes, "Are, are, are you Ben Stiller?" And <laughs> yeah. Oh god. Yeah. So he didn't even get it right, and he was still <laughs> yeah, just yeah. couldn't even defend the guy. So I thought that was a funny story, but. Yeah, constantly uh, you know, playing he, ball. He's, uh, you know, in previous uh, efforts, he's uh, gotten Dan Patrick yeah. to uh, appear. Michael K. He gets Shaq. Yeah. You know, he, he, he dips his, uh, his toe into the sports area often. Yeah. But it is funny that the, uh, the real sports figures, uh, you knew that they weren't actors because they couldn't act. Yeah, they were they're very stiff with their their delivery but it didn't matter yeah it, the story is what drove this whole movie i i love the camaraderie between uh adam sandler and uh bo cruz uh because that's a lot easier to say than his real name yeah um but uh again you guys keep on saying anthony edwards was in this i did not see him he's, I did not he's see kermit him. He's like the. No, I know. Oh, okay. I was I was playing a joke because uh, Anthony Edwards, you know, right. talk to me, Goose. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I'm not the biggest sports guy. I'm really not. But I can appreciate a really good sports movie. Like as long as the heart is there, you know, it doesn't matter what's on screen. Yeah. It, you know, it's relatable. It's you know you the, you root for the underdog. You know, you really felt for him that everyone kept on harping on. You know, oh, he's trouble. Oh, he's he's you know, he was he's assaulted someone. He's bad news. You're supposed to you know let this be known before yeah. you know uh, the NBA even looks at him. And uh, I'll, I'll tell you, it's just uh, you you want someone to just like shout 
shout from the rafters. I, I, I have this kid. Yeah. He's going to be great. Just watch him play. And yeah. and it, it was so well done. I, I really I enjoyed it. I, I was beaming throughout the whole thing. Yeah, it combines not only a lot of Sandler's interests, but a lot of the things that I like about Sandler in this movie. Like, even in his lesser comedies, he's always still really good as kind of like a family man and like a strong presence you know, kind of as a father figure. And he gets to kind of double dip with that in this movie because he has a daughter that he's trying to, you know, shape and mold and stay close with. And he also has this 22-year-old NBA player who he gets to kind of step in uh, when he had an absent father and kind of play that role too and shepherd him uh, in his journey into trying to get into the NBA. Shane, I know we are both diehard Celtics fans who do not like the 76ers in any way. So maybe the 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 entryway wasn't exactly going to go smooth in that regard. Got to turn your brain off and this is only a movie kind of thing. But at least, not to spoil things, there is some Celtics stuff at the end that makes it more positive. But did you enjoy Hustle? I did, very much so. Um, I was, this is one of the movies I was looking forward to. I am a sports movie fan and... This movie again, it's lighthearted, it's funny, it's just it makes you feel good, and I don't mind. I wrote down like most sports movies follow, a, a, you know, a pattern. They check yeah. boxes as they go along, and I'm fine as long as they check those boxes in the right way. Right. And I thought this movie kind of, you know, they brought it all together. I loved Adam Sandler. I thought the chemistry between him and Queen Latifah actually worked really well. I when I first saw her like cast as his wife, I'm like, huh, okay, how's this gonna <laughs> go? But no, it worked. Like you said, his family man persona, it, it, it won me over. Like, Here's my thing about the Queen Latifah thing. I don't buy them as a couple, but I agree that they work well together. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah, okay. yep. correct. Chemistry, you know, it, but not that chemistry. Right. And, you right. know, at first I was like, did uh, KFC and Burger King produce this movie as well? No. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, clear prior placement, maybe. Right, yeah. and coming from, uh, again, I thought this movie kind of gave you, almost like draft day, it gives you an inside look at another aspect of a sport you may not know or be interested in, but it makes you interested in that aspect. And this was the N- NBA draft combine. Right. And, that, and the whole scouting process, which I guess people... Which I learned about that. Right, people <laughs> probably don't know like what a scout does. And this gives you a good inside depth of like what that world is really like and right. the toll it takes on you and your family just being away so much. Yeah, I thought the NBA players actually did okay. I thought Kenny Smith did held his own in his scenes. Yeah, that lo- scene in uh, Spain when they were at like the yes. kind of pool with the topless women, that whole thing that worked yeah. really it well. That was a, yeah. that was a funny scene. I also wrote down Anthony Edwards. That'll be on me. Was really good. As- I thought he was excellent. I, like for oh, being I an NBA player. So because- yeah, I know, but that's it. But that's, that's what, that was no, his no, role, and he did right. it. And that's what people do. They get in your head like that, and it worked, man. It, it worked really well. Oh, yeah. I love the music in this in this movie. I thought it was very upbeat. Me too. I thought it was really well done. Yeah. So Shout out to Dan Deacon, who did the score. He's like a big-time musician. I liked his stuff over the years, and now he's starting to get into composing, uh, started doing some documentaries, and now has done this movie. He's doing a good job. Yeah, so it was one of those what? movies that I think is very rewatchable on my end. I could see myself sitting down and watching this again. Yeah. Uh, sidebar, I thought Ben Foster was a little miscast. I don't know, it's a weird role for me to see him in. 
Um, you had a quick Robert Duvall scene at the beginning, which I, you know, I liked him. Yeah, I liked him too. Yeah, yeah. Which kind of, so which kind of sets Adam Sandler on his path of where it's gonna, where he's gonna go within this movie. And he's got his father role. So there's a lot of like father son energy in this movie throughout. Correct. And they did try to layer in some character development with Adam Sandler with the accident he got into. I just wish they would have either filled that in more. Or flesh mm. that out a little bit deeper than just that conversation he had with Bo in the car at the end, you know. Yeah. But other than that, start to finish, very enjoyable sports movie. Highly recommend it. Sandler was great. Yeah. The cast was great. Agreed. Yeah, I enjoyed it too. Um, uh, you know, very much on the side of you guys here. Uh, the only negative, I, I thought the movie sagged a little bit in the like two thirds of the way in, like right as maybe the the last act was crossing over with the second like somewhere around there this movie's about two hours it's probably about right but they could have you know like any other movie you could have shaved maybe some the problem is is with this process i guess that he has to go through that first half of the movie is excellent because you're just going through all of sandler's drama now you're getting into hernan gomez's drama you know bo's drama and now you're getting the rocky montage stuff with like climbing up the hill and doing all the drills and all these things to like hone the craft and then all the scrimmages to kind of set up the villain all that stuff is really good and then there's like obviously there's going to be a lull because there's like challenges that they have to do and at one point it just dips a little but overall this movie is very good i i enjoyed it a lot and as you said rewatchability all over the place and you know as long as i don't have to see adam sandler rubbing queen latifah's feet i was thoroughly entertained and completely on board um what's that yellow thing yeah uh, yeah but you know what's amazing too i thought hernan gomez was really good and the chemistry between him and sandler i think is the really the prideful part they should have with this movie that they extracted that much out of uh, you know, a non-actor to work with Sandler. And Sandler works a lot with non-actors. If you notice a lot of his other movies, he's either working yeah. with, you know, young kids or he's working with, you know, God, who knows, you know, uh, uh, uncut gems, you know, where he's, they hire like Francesa to be across from him or something like Francesa or whatever, or Kevin Garnett or whoever. He does this all the time. And so maybe that makes him more adept at him making a movie like this. But I was impressed with how much they were able to get by working with Sandler and working with all these non-actor NBA players. Uh, you know, like I said, Kevin, Kenny Smith, so good. So I was very shocked that I liked this movie, even though, as Shane noted, this was on our uh, top ten list. Right, it made it at number ten. Yep. Sure yeah. Did. So, so. Mission accomplished. <laughs> so Jurassic World Dominion, get the hell off our list. <laughs> Hustle, thank you for playing. And you might uh, run up the ranks there on that one. Um, and I'd like to end on uh, the Barry Season 3 finale, which I know Chris hasn't seen. So I will try to, la, 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 la. <laughs> as as we're talking on these mics, obviously we're not going to spoil anything because even Chris would like come to my house and punch me in the face. So... What I liked about it, though, number one, so sad that this season is over. I enjoyed it from start to finish. It is an incredible achievement. Uh, it only keeps getting better and more 
dark and ridiculous and there's so much to love. Um, but the theme of this season has kind of been, you know, Barry on the run. Barry kind of like looking over his shoulder, having people, uh, you know, coming at him from all sides at the behest of Fuchs. But now Fuchs is behind bars, so you would think maybe some of that would slow down or it would change in some way. But there are so many things that they've set up over this season that kind of come crashing in in this season finale that even though it's not as explosive or have these large set pieces as maybe some of the other episodes in this season, this is definitely a strong, strong and satisfying cap to a lot of those loose storylines that they've had going on and a strong look to the fourth season uh, starting next year, including a scene with Sally that is an absolute stunner of a scene that I've, I've, I haven't seen a, something like that in a long time. Shane, I know you did watch this one. What'd you think of the end of season three of Barry? I echo everything you said. I was very satisfied with the way this season went. And I was disappointed because when you texted me earlier, you're like, are you going to catch the season finale? I'm like, finale? That can't be it. Like, there's got to be more. I know. And I was bummed, man. Um, but no, it's uh, that Sally scene made the episode. It just everything. I'm sorry. Do you want me to walk away? No, everything. Say spoiler. No, spoiler, everything. Spoiler, cli- everything clicked in this. And it was kind of like what we were talking about before. Like, man, he's like it. It gave me that Dexter feel, like towards the end. I'm it like, did. It really did. This one. Yep. And I'm like, okay, so it does set you up for season four. But you're like, man, how is yeah? Like, how are they gonna turn this around? Like, it just. And the Sally character, I just wish her. I just wish she would fucking die at this. Oh, excuse my language. I wish she would die at this point <laughs> because of what she yeah. did towards the tail end of the episode. I'm like, you rotten <laughs> b-word. You know what I mean? Yeah. But sure. The whole Henry Winkler, all his stuff going on too, and it was just great. It was great. It was. It's hard to talk about this without spoiling stuff. I'm sorry. It's just, I know you got. We got to talk around some certain things. But no. Well, like I was asking, like you know, does does this stick the landing? And you guys seem to to say it. It does. does. It, I, I looked it up because it does seem like it's a quick season. It's like it's already over. Yeah. Was it eight episodes? Eight episodes. Eight episodes. Maybe and, and half hours. So half an hour. Yeah. I wish the show was forty five think- minutes. The other scene that we didn't talk about, and it's not spoiled, we won't go into it, but I love the scene where his buddy, his ex-Marine buddy, catches up to him when he's doing it. It's powerful. Yeah, it's very powerful, and it's very realistic. I mean, that scene, yeah, it was just a very powerful scene. And um, I honestly didn't know which way it was going to go, and uh, I was pleasantly surprised of how it was going to go. And the interesting thing about the finale because this whole season, we even said, I think Chris actually said this on the pod, there's not a lot of Barry in Barry yeah. for a lot of times. And with a finale like this, you're going to get way more. And not only way more, but all the storylines that kind of like were floating around him are now just crashing into each other. So you get these little wrap-ups or these little scenes, but God, Hater knocks it out of the park. Uh, for so many of them and a lot of these smaller characters which is why I think the only thing that doesn't fully work for me and I know they put it in there because it's more comic relief or outlandish or whatever is the Cristobal and uh, NoHo Hank stuff because it's like I don't, again not going to spoil it for you but it's it's again uh, 
put in there to be more outlandish and to kind of break up all the heavy stuff that's going on with Barry and, and oh, the yeah. kind of comeuppance that's ca- happening to him all at once. So I, when you do watch it, Chris, I, maybe we'll we'll touch on it briefly on here or we'll, or we'll talk off mic, but yeah. I think the way it ends and the kind of the, the wink and the nod that happens that kind of you've been dragged through all season, I think is something that is remarkable television. And I think this okay. season, you know, cause we, the shows that we've been keeping track with or the ones that we mentioned in our top five episodes, which was one of the first ones we did. Um, I put Barry again at, at five, but obviously it would be way higher now because it was only the first episode That's out true. at that point. Yep. Um, but of all the shows we've been tracking, like, Gosh, I, I put a poll up on our Twitter where it was like choose between, you know, the boys, Stranger Things and and Barry. And and obviously we can mention other ones like Minx was my number one, I think was your number yeah. one, too. Yeah. So TV has been tremendous this year and we're only in mid-June. So I can yeah. imagine. And we haven't even finished Stranger Things or the boys. So. Gosh, we are being blessed right now with some amazing TV. I will. Yeah. Oh, sorry, no, go, go ahead. ahead. I was going to say, and I will touch upon uh, the fact that uh, Barry isn't prevalent this season just goes to show you that the show is just as good uh, with its other characters. Yeah, it's so you know, deep. You get yeah. to see Sally's journey. You get to see NoHo Hank's journey. Uh, journey. You see Fuchs. Uh, you know, ebb and flow into the uh, the situation, kind of like needling characters. Yeah, Kusinow, uh, sure. Kusinow, yeah. like, oh my God, his journey. So it's like, yes, it's called Barry, but it's beyond just one person. Yeah, and not only and, that, uh, like all the great. the themes uh, of the like the the Hollywood business structure and acting class, like all the things that they've done all the way through, they've worked yeah. great. Uh, and even like the. <laughs> the the cop like the police in this scenario how awesome that is and the whole the raven, the raven. thing is yeah, yeah it's ridiculous but it's great and then obviously now bring in his buddy who's fbi i believe yes, right i think FBI, so, yep. so yeah, that whole like yeah. jurisdictional back and forth thing is so good too there's a lot a lot to love in this season and it'll be really hard to pick between you know, Stranger Things season four, especially not knowing what's to come. But gosh, for this one to be the first one at the finish line, whoo, boy, so good, so amazing. Um, and when we come back from this break, we're going to talk about even more TV from The Boys, Obi-Wan Kenobi, and the premiere of Ms. Marvel. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm Mike. And I'm Dave. And join us every Thursday for a new episode of Two Player Bros, a podcast about two guys who play way too many video games. Join me and Dave as we talk about the latest in Xbox, PlayStation, PC, and VR news, previews, and reviews. We have it all, and we play it all. And join us every other week for Post Game, where we play through and dive deep into our favorite modern classics and new releases. That's Two Player Bros, available every Thursday wherever you get your podcast. part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. All right, we're back, and we're going to talk about Ms. Marvel, Obi-Wan Kenobi, and the boys. I want to start with Ms. Marvel because it had its big season premiere, uh, series premiere, 
uh, back on Wednesday. So a lot of takes have happened since then as well. But of course, you were waiting for us three to talk about this show. It is, of course, about Kamala Khan, uh, played by Iman Vellani, and her family, and obviously her worship of all things superheroes, but of course, mainly uh, Captain Marvel. It's an interesting show. It's it's a New Jersey-based show about this you know teenager who's trying to figure herself out. It's very much a coming of age, but then, of course, as with as expected with any other Marvel show or comic book show, uh, she then learns that she has polymorphous powers. Uh, that excuse me, yes, <laughs> I'm thinking of being polymorphous myself. Um, <laughs> but I, you know, obviously there was a big much to do about how she got her powers, the differences between the comic books. I didn't personally care a lot about any of that. I just wanted to come in and be entertained. Uh, the things that stuck out to me with this one, um, some positives and negatives. I felt like this, just watching it, I turned to my wife and I went, is this show like super low budget to you? Because it felt like it didn't have that same kind of cinematic feeling that all the other Marvel Disney shows have done. And so it kind of like was jarring that it felt more like TV. Like, it felt like the CW version versus, like, some elevated, like, Netflix streamer, you know, prestige TV version. Um, I also thought that the look of the show also reminded me a lot, especially early on, of Spider-Man Homecoming, which I think is going to be mainly kind of the blueprint for a show like this because it's also a high school set, coming-of-age superhero movie kind of learning you know, and growing into yourself and your powers kind of scenario. So I, I thought it had a lot of those hallmarks as well. It's, of course, uh, based on the comic books by Sana Aminat, uh, who is also a credited writer on the show. I, I believe she had a lot of hands-on presence uh, in terms of making this show alongside showrunner Bisha K. Ali, who is also a writer and story editor for Loki, and uh, now coming over and running Ms. Marvel. Chris, I'll start with you on this. I don't know, because you're obviously, uh, you know, you're very involved in promoting people reading comic books. You read a lot of yep. comic books yourself. Obviously, you've been called Mr. Marvel uh, to <laughs> various degrees. Did you read the run of Ms. Marvel that they're kind of basing this on? Did you have any expectations for this show based on that? I didn't, and uh, I'm coming from the perspective of you know, treat me as a new reader slash uh, watcher. Okay. And uh, tell me who this character is. You know, hashtag the four color campaign uh, really promotes uh, reading. And I started reading comic books and it made me a better uh, reader of other subjects. Yeah. Uh, as well as uh, a storyteller myself. I, I tribute all my uh, upbringing of reading comic books uh, as the the person I am today. Yeah, you wouldn't be a host on this podcast. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't be so eloquently uh, spoken. <laughs> no, no, no. Edit that out. Um, so, no, when uh, I heard about the show, I was like, it's not a character that's for me, but uh, maybe they can sway me in a certain way. I do like a coming-of-age story. I do like uh, the 
basis of all hero stories, uh, hero's journeys. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, Kamala Khan uh, is uh, is no different. I'm I'm in regardless. You know, show me a good time. I'll stick with it. Yeah, especially Uh, six episode shows. We've kind of talked about that where, you know, it just before you know it, it's over. And in fact, um, I'm curious to know, Chris, do you think that this was the right strategy for releasing it? Because even Obi-Wan got two episodes to drop, even in a short yeah. six. I felt like this, I know how it the first episode ends where it's really kind of like the culmination of like getting her powers and using them. But yep. I felt like to get to know her and maybe get to know this show, I felt like I wanted at least one more before it went weekly. I would say uh, maybe they should have made it eight episodes and, you know, drop the first two. Right. You know, get a, a better feel of her. I I stuck around after the credits of the first episode and then, uh, you know, they have a little stinger. But also after it, they said, oh, there's like this five minute behind the scenes of who the character is, mm-hmm. uh, a little backstory to her. And, you know, that was fine. But. If I didn't watch that, I'm in the same boat as you wondering, you know, who is this character? Right. Do I have to wait another week? It's six episodes and, you know, they really should delve in a little bit more than what we were given. Right. But, you know, that's just my nitpick. Sure. And and I, of course, uh, as far as like the small stuff, I really want to listen to the Scott Lang podcast uh as an avid podcast listener and obviously as a host i really want to see who he gets on you know is it all just superheroes or is it all just you know he invites celebrities and then he's telling superhero stories so many things to unpack with a a good paul rudd hosted podcast i would do (laughs) it instantly which by the way complete sidebar um conan o'brien needs a friend that podcast the paul rudd episode is hilarious so if you love all that stuff check that out uh if you have the time but i'm going to listen now yeah please he's like oh he's like (laughs) um but yeah overall i think it's a a pretty good start um i i especially like the chemistry between kamala and her friend bruno i think that's probably more of the best stuff and obviously we're going to see more of that uh, going forward as he's kind of like tethered into her family and everything else. He's, but I will say... He's the Bruno that we can talk about? Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Not covered right. in rats that I'm aware of. Gotcha. Though they're on that rooftop yes. quite a bit. I'm sure they, they interact with them quite a, quite a bit. Um, that is true. But I will say that at times, even in just one episode, I did find myself a little bored at times or kind of, ch- you know, checking the phone, second screening a little bit, which is not great, but I am trying to be patient with it being kind of this pilot episode. Shane, where did you fall on Ms. Marvel? Kind of like where you guys did. I didn't know much about the character. My only introduction to her, believe it or not, is uh, I played the Avengers game last year that dropped on PS4, and she's the character that you are tethered to during the first half of that game. So you kind of learn about all that kind of stuff. That's the only thing I know about her. If I listen, if I could get through Obi Wan, I can get through this show. I was <laughs> that's the spirit. Yeah, I was just underwhelmed. I would say, yeah, it's it, harmless, but it doesn't wow you. Right, it tries to be you know lighthearted, coming of age story, but the whole homecoming thing. I actually wrote that down as well. 
other people were saying it gives him into the Spider Verse. I'm like, no, I didn't get that no, vibe. That's giving him way at too all. much credit. <laughs> yeah, it, it, exactly. You know why? Because the pace of this show is oddly slow. It is. I find myself like you did, very bored with this episode. Um, I kept looking down at my phone. I was like, man, is this a half hour show or is this? You know, I just it, it was just the pacing was off. It was okay. It was harmless, I would say. It was a harmless introduction to a character that I hope picks up over the next five episodes. I had the bar set kind of low, but yeah, I, I was just underwhelmed, I, w- I would say. But I did like, I thought Bruno and the uh, Kamala were the best thing about the episode so far. The chemistry between them two and just their friendship. Yeah. I just found it kind of weird because it's like... How long have you been coming to this high school? She acted like she was brand new, like she was a new student <laughs> to the know. high school. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you've been there for a couple years, so it's like, eh, okay, whatever. Yeah. I agree. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, Shane, we weren't so popular. Yeah. I, well, and like you said, I felt like this was a CW superhero show, like Arrow or early seasons of The Flash. I mean, same right. production value from, from what I saw. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't know. It's, it's just a different look. I, I just couldn't fully put my my finger on it like why was it so different but yeah i i think maybe they they also kind of it's so much brighter and glossy than maybe some of the other marvel shows too for good reason in terms of tone but i also want them to kind of have more fun with it you know i thought the the family dynamic stuff was fine uh you know it didn't again like at times it was funny i thought for for how much it became a source of contention in the episode, I thought the dad's uh, Incredible Hulk costume was amazing. Oh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> I would have put on that secondary outfit if I was her and been like, well, Captain Marvel had a good run because uh, <laughs> this costume is dope. Um, but how they changed how she got her powers, I don't really care. But the powers themselves and how it presented on screen. Chris, do you have like a, a, a feeling on this where – they kind of went in between of how her powers are, where she's not a stretch character, but it's like through yeah. this cosmic kind of like, I don't know how to describe it, where it's like she has Tron coming out of her hands, you know, it's like <laughs> just. I was trying to figure that out. Yeah. Uh, you know, she kind of scanned the crowd with like this, it looked like crystallized like coverage. Right. But then like nothing came of it. Yeah. And then her hand stretched out and I was like, Oh, that's her power set. Right. And, uh, but also the crystals were there as well. So I'm just like, what? I, I don't know how this works, but that's what the poly, I guess. Right. Is from. Yeah. Um, so we'll find but, out, uh, I yeah, guess, obviously I guess. again, hard to extract too much from just one episode, but that is, those are kind of the things that I'm looking for going forward is like, do do the powers get stronger? Do they kind of develop the CGI maybe a little bit more? Or how does that work when it's like real big danger, not just like, you know, things falling from the sky or, or, or whatnot? Um, that'll be interesting. And kind of also, who is the villain here? How is that going to evolve? Too? I was wondering that. For six episodes, we're not really diving into too much besides just her to kind of start this mission. So... We'll see. We'll see how that goes. Um, But I want to kind of move on to a show that I think is in full gear, which is The Boys. Uh, Their latest episode on season three uh, came out on Friday. 
and holy crap. <laughs> the <laughs> the continued convergence of the whatever it takes mentality to stop Homelander combined with like the escalating violent payback and mental terrorism from Homelander himself to everyone uh, is so compelling. I, I can't take my eyes off him. You know, multiple <laughs> casualties showing real stakes in the plot. Gosh, this this episode was so multi-layered, had <clears throat> so many plot lines going through it, and then ends with such a large, explosive ending. Like It's just incredible stuff that this was one of their better episodes of all time, I think, in, in terms of the boys. Um, Shane, I know you're a huge fan. We've talked about that before. Where do you sit with this, man? I I, I feel like you're going to love every minute of this. Oh, absolutely. I wish I could sit down and watch 10 hours of this stuff straight through. Like, it was so, yeah. so good. There's so many good scenes here. You have Homelander clearly, clearly in command now, running stuff. Yeah. Uh, you got Yui and the whole Starlight thing. Now Yui's got powers, which I thought were hilarious. Like his oh, Nightcrawler yeah. <laughs> transportation powers, but he ends up nude every yeah. time he uses them. I thought that was great. You see the turn in, um, I'm sorry, I'm blanking on his name. Butcher? Yeah, yeah. Butcher. Butcher. You yeah. see his turn, the way he treated Frenchie and Kimiko. Uh, yeah. That scene was powerful too, especially what happens at the end of the episode. I, my favorite scene, I'm sorry, my favorite scene was probably the A-Train deep fight, where he's like, yeah. you, gil- you gil punched me, <laughs> you know, yeah. and they start going yeah. at it in the hallway, which A-Train, oh, yeah. A-Train makes a very just important decision here at the end of this episode, which drives the plot even further. You have the head popper and Edgar line that I really liked, yeah. that, was, that was a big dynamic and a big shift in power as well. The only thing I will say is, where's Black Noir been this season? He, Yeah, they showed him for like a minute, and then he just disappears. He's not around when they're all kind of watching the press conference. You know, literally everybody's there except for him. Um, yeah, but no, he has no plot line whatsoever, except he's in that flashback stuff doing the Iran-Contra stuff in South America, yeah. and you would think he'd be more involved based on that, but... Nope. Right, and we got a little bit more of Queen Maeve this episode, a little bit, which she hasn't been really prominently shown this season. Which I get, I know it's hard to like get all these characters in there. Yeah, but I love the last scene with Jensen Eccles, the whole soldier boy when he. Yeah. Oh man, it's great stuff. Like just great stuff. All the like, stuff in that lab was incredible. Oh, this show makes my pants tight in uncomfortable ways. <laughs> <laughs> but the Kimiko, uh, thing, you're right, and Frenchie and all that stuff. Even though, God, this episode was so packed. I keep thinking like, oh, but from last episode when Kimiko went undercover, where I was like, wait, no, that's all the same episode. Yep, Um, exactly. But those little conversations that they've had where they were kind of looking to get out and this changing dynamic within the boys and that whole group and everybody kind of looking around going, well, Butcher's going crazy Huey's not too far behind because he's getting, you know, bullied by Homelander and kind of echoing back to to other things of how he felt, even with Butcher early on. And now they're both going off the rails and on V24 and all that stuff. And I don't know where it goes from here because now the, the big discovery of this episode is that after Soldier Boy 
hurts Kimiko uh, when he uh, she pushes Frenchie out of the way and really gets slammed into a wall and has rebar going through her that she's not healing. So is the big thing that Soldier Boy provides and as a weapon for someone like Homelander, can he take people's powers away? I think that's what the uh, that's what I got from. Yeah, it. and it's funny I forgot that Kamiko uh, has healing powers. Right. So when she was shot in the head, I was like, "Oh no!" And then all of a sudden, I'm like, yeah. "Oh wait a minute, okay, right. yeah." There's a beat. There she is on the. Oh, okay, she's healed. We're good. Yeah, we're good. She's Weapon X. Just keep that in mind. Yes, yeah. exactly. Just minus the sticky uh, snikes. Yeah, I think that is Soldier <laughs> Boy's. I think he obviously is the weapon. He can take Homelander's powers away. I think that's yeah. He negates everyone's right. Powers. Which I was surprised about the scene where he challenges that head popper to pop his head. You know, like yeah. You know, did he know that she couldn't do it, or is he calling her bluff? Like, I just think he's just off the rails. Like, he is unhinged. <laughs> he's just like, I am the biggest, strongest, nobody can touch me character, and just challenges it all the time and gets yeah. off on it. So that is the the type of character he is throughout this season. And like like I said up top, the convergence of how everybody has to be around him how he's acting, this mental terrorism, uh, and then, like I said, the stakes. He kills Supersonic, and that whole scene on the rooftop is amazing TV. So, like, for how much the Russian lab stuff was, those type of scenes are just as good. Yeah, I like how uh, Starlight was like, no, 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 I'll just walk home, or I, I got a ride, don't worry about it. He's like, no, no, let me fly you. Yeah. And then he brings her up, and it's like, oh, my God, what is what is he going to do? And then he shows her, <clears throat> yeah. and it's like, Jesus Christ, what is that pulp of a person over there? Yeah, but- and an excellent bookend between the scene with Huey where she kind of, you know, her eyes start to light up, and she kind of threatens yeah. Homelander to keep him away, and then to get on that rooftop, and her eyes light up, and he basically is like, no, 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 no. You can't do that. You know this isn't going to get there. And if you do anything to me, Huey is as good as dead. So that whole thing and how she backs down is the fact that that's in one episode. One episode uh, is incredible TV. Also, I thought the Stanley Edgar Homelander scene at the end was also very impactful. Because, like, as strong as you are, you're still coming to me for approval. Because you're right. in securities. I thought that was a great scene. Because you, Stanley Edgar, uh, you can tell he's not scared of Homelander at all. Like, he no. just walked, walks around, talks to him however he wants to. And he just kind of just walked out of the... Yeah. Yeah, he kind of yeah. walked out of the room. And was like, you still need me. As much as you don't think you need me, you still need me. I right. thought that was a great scene as well. Like you said, so much stuff in this episode. Yeah. It's so jam-packed. And I will say, uh, as far as Butcher is concerned... I feel like he has like an end result uh, plan. Yeah, but he's just not the person to like say, "Here's what I have planned. Let's do this, this, and this." No, he's going to go off like, doing right. it himself, and then everybody yeah. comes along. But that's the thing. It's like at this point, you know, everyone's just like questioning what he's doing, what his end result is, and they feel like he's going off the rails. But he's just not saying what's on his mind and what his plan is. Yeah, we're only halfway so, through, right? Yeah. Correct. So I'm just assuming that, you know, he's still a team player. He just doesn't know how to express himself to his team. Yeah. You know? For sure. 
I'm definitely looking forward to this Friday for whatever the fallout. Again, they just dropped a million bombs. So just to even follow through on all the storylines they have set is enough to, to fill an hour. So I'm definitely looking forward to that. Uh, any other comments before we uh, take uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi behind the woodshed again? <laughs> <laughs> no let's do this no no the the boys are awesome so you know that's that's all we can say yeah like i said when i put that poll up i wasn't i don't know how i'm going to be able to choose between barry the boys and stranger things and let alone who knows what else is going to come through uh we can like them all and hate them all i mean it just you know yeah uh, it, there's a lot to choose from really it's you know it is. Like you said, TV is doing so good. It is. It's the movies that are in question. Well, we'll get there. I mean, obviously, you know, Marvel's got more to say. We got so many big movies of the ones in our top 10 most anticipated summer movies. Go back and listen to that episode. Um, <laughs> yep. But, yeah, let's get to Obi-Wan Kenobi in an episode that... Uh, on a lot of my notes, I like to write down positives and negatives, and usually I start with the positives just to kind of get through those and then kind of make little nitpicks. I actually started with the negatives on this one <laughs> because they're so easy. It's so easy. I mean, between the Leia interrogation scenes, I think hurt me the most. They were just so brutal to watch, and they're really pushing this Leia's been a Jedi all along agenda that they've had since they did the seven eight nine and now kind of want to go back and act like nothing happened in between um and that we're just going to start from 10 year old self god help me if they make either a season two of this show or a spinoff of leia so help me god if they do that i will go ballistic because i don't i don't want to see 10 year old i don't care about teenage I don't care about anything until we get to New Hope, and I will just watch that. So keep that in mind, powers that be, because uh, <laughs> obviously you care about my opinion. But those were, I, I think, Chris, what'd you say? They were like bad cop, bad cop with no stakes or something. Like you yeah. described it something like that to me, those scenes. So what my problem was is that like she was interrogating a child. Yeah. Like you want adult information from a child and it was like tell me what i need to know please tell me what i need to know <laughs> it was almost like you know please just come on yeah come on come on just tell me yeah just tell me come on and i'll give you candy yeah just tell me and then when she would try to like either beat her a lie or try to convince her like it was just yeah. so painful it was so bad like i i've defended even for how bad this show is i've defended Offended Moses Ingram, man, this was the first episode where I was like, this is not good. Like this right. performance, this character, whatever is just not working. And this, if this is what you had to do, that is awful. And we haven't even gotten into the plot really of what this episode is because this is coming out off of, I know <laughs> you're shrugging right now. Chris. I, I, yeah. I'm shrugging. I have no idea. It's coming on the heels of, you know, the big Vader Obi-Wan Kenobi fight. So it starts off with, you know, yet another <laughs> back to back, uh, of another character, you know, an older character trying to regenerate and do all that. Um, Obi-Wan's having these kind of, 
voices in his head, you know, kind of hearing all the taunts and you should have killed me stuff and whatever. That is fine. Like, it's, it's probably a, the best way to entry in. So I'm not going to go off too much. But then the rest of the episode, Obi-Wan, outside of a couple of moments, is just so weak or cartoonish. And I don't know what they're trying to say or do with this character. <sighs> I, I, <laughs> I think the whole point of having this series is to flesh out this character that we know very little about. Yeah, which is, we, again, we, what I thought I was getting out of Boba Fett, and I should have learned my lesson. But with, yeah, uh, it's different. It's it's a character that we know what he becomes. Right. And with this series, it would hopefully say, okay, you know, he was looking after Luke this whole time. Yeah. And here are the adventures that he went on in that time. Yeah. But it's not. It's just like, hey, remember this? Well, we're going to bring this uh, up in this series. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Show me, show me, show me that. And then they show it to you and you're like, that's not what I wanted to say. What, why are you showing me this? Or it's not the character. They do the lazy writing thing of bringing in people who you barely care about in the moment and then trying to make them care about them so much at the end of the episode that it kind of is the finale piece. Uh, I, in this one, God, what was his name? The pilot Wade. that died. Wade. Yeah. That, it's oh like this God. huge, like, God, I guess we're really in a war now. You've been fighting the Empire or the however they've evolved in this time period yeah. for 10 years since the last movie. <laughs> so what are we talking about? You've been in the thick of it forever. You haven't lost a friend yet. Are you out of your mind? Like, yeah. I know a lot of this has gone in secret, but you tell me there's been no battles, no casualties, no nothing. And nope. I, honestly, if, if I want any positive out of this, Tala, I thought was actually the only person who was really trying. And even then, some of her stuff was also very dumb with her sitting at the desk like, nobody can hear me, right? I'm talking into this microphone right in front of everybody else who's sitting here. And we're going to do this in secret. Um, yeah, no wonder you got caught. But I thought she was the best part. It's uh, Indira Varma, uh, who scores another big franchise role after being uh, Ilaria Sand in Game of Thrones. I like her a lot. I, I think she's been good in this show. But God, all the, the chaos and characters around her just suck. I'm so bored. Shane, I, you've been hold <laughs> you've been having your head down just, yeah. Yeah, like the whole time. <laughs> I don't even know how to phrase the question because it's like, did you find anything you liked or was it mostly just, uh, 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 where do you sit with this show now? Four episodes out of six in. I hate this show. I hate the fact that I have I to know. watch this show. In fact, because I had to watch Jurassic World by myself, I feel like I pulled a parachute <laughs> in the last two episodes of this of this goddamn show. It I is, wouldn't blame you. It is, and I thought Moon Knight was bad. This show is utterly ridiculous i mean just it is. utterly i like talia because i did like her in game of thrones i thought she was good but they made her do some dumb stuff this episode yeah like the one not even talking into a wristband but like someone called her out and she went behind like this little thing took the guy up but wasn't there someone sitting like right next to her like you don't there know was and then he wasn't there when she sat back down i was like cool. what happened yeah that yeah. those whole scenes the interrogation scenes were god awful like just god awful 
the fact they made Obi Wan like again, he like what's what's going to be the big thing with him? He's going to regain all his Jedi powers and and he's going to be back at full strength. Like, what are they doing there? And again, the whole <laughs> oh, I'll get so mad. <laughs> the whole little sad walk at the end of the episode where they have their heads down because Wade. Uh-huh. Got, I'm like, oh, really? Like, uh, yeah. How show, did even those reinforcements uh, show up? What was the plan? I have no idea. And the it's whole not like tr- this is Han Solo coming through. These are people who they barely spoke to. Right, exactly. And then you in have... an impenetrable fucking fortress. Of all the laughable scenes in this freaking episode, the most laughable one was hiding Leia under his trench coat as they're trying to walk through the dock to get to the ship. I'm like, did yeah. we really go with the under the trench coat hiding of the kid scene here? Well, no, like, I... no, what's also stupid about that is the aftermath with Reva, like the fact that she had to convince Vader that, like, oh yeah, no, I, I was letting them escape to track them the whole time. Then right. why are you interrogating Leia for half the episode? Why are you wasting our time? This show is wasting audience, our time. It is. It, it really, really is. is. And and they they tried to do some fun stuff with Obi Wan, you know, kind of blocking the water coming through the glass and trying to make those maneuvers and actually fighting for once with a lightsaber battle that kind of harks back minor pulses in this show that you just get to go, hey, that's kind of what I came here for. No, it's like you said, like the visual I had just go off my head. It's like you're flatlining. You're dead. You have no heartbeat. (laughs) And then once in a while, they'll put the paddles on you and you get a little little jolt. There's a little QRS line on the the reading there. Uh-huh. And then and then you just death, you flatline again. Like it's yeah. like, oh my god, just let me die. Just let me die, Obi Wan. Let me die. Don't rescue me. Yeah, yeah. I want to be Wade now. Can, can we just <laughs> replace me with Wade? Uh, but that's the thing. It's like you you have a minor character who is the the person that we're supposed to care about. Yeah, and it's like get out of here. Like everyone else we know survives. We've seen the future. Yeah, we've talked about the lack all of stakes of you were there. with major characters. Yeah. yeah. Like, so I figured the whole series was going to be like, you know, here are the adventures that this guy was on. Here's the redemption story that he had for losing his Padawan, right. who's Anakin, who's now Darth Vader. And as Andrew pointed out before, this is a different Vader than we've seen in the original trilogy. Yeah. This is... This is angry Vader. I get it. But then all all of a sudden we get Rogue One who's still angry Vader. Like like people tell me like that doesn't mean anything. No, it does mean everything because it leads up to who this person is. Yeah. He went from angry Vader, I'm taking people out, I'm force choking everyone in my vicinity. Yeah. I'm angry and yet when we see them in the first Star Wars movie, Star Wars, he's threatening Leia, like, you know, don't cross me, you know, and he's, like, pointing his finger. I'm like, this is a guy who just, like, tore through a bunch of guards to get a droid that had information that he wanted. And he just And then he's just, like, waving his finger? I mean, come on. It shouldn't anger me this much, but... Come on. It does. Though. Don't waste our time. It's six episodes. Do something. <laughs> and I don't even know what I'm supposed to feel comes next. At least in an aftermath of a Vader Obi-Wan fight, I go, well, yep. 
cool, we're going to just ramp back up until we get to the next one. I don't know what next episode is. The, everybody's back in tow. That's all it is. And, of course, they always do this where they add, like, another character. And I'm like, holy crap, that's O'Shea Jackson. That's Ice Cube's kid. That's fucking, yeah. you know, straight out of Compton right here. And he does barely anything. And I don't know if he's going to come back. I don't know if, if this group, I don't know what their plan is. What's what's That's the exit? Not true. They got to get Leia he back. Do something to Alderaan, but I I I, I outside of that, wh- where does Vader fit into that? Where's the propulsion here for being so yeah. late in this series? I don't know. And Shane, I'm glad I I couldn't believe it. That's why I had to look it up after you said it. He's like you heard the rumors of a of a season two of this show. <laughs> And I was like, thank God I actually did like some internet sleuthing. And I'm like, this hasn't been confirmed. Please. No, it hasn't been confirmed. It's not going to happen. Please, please don't make this happen. Um, but I actually hear people uh, like this show. I, I like, know. It's, it's, it's odd, but there, every so often you'll see people like praise it. Honestly, They're I like, think oh, it's in is, the minutiae. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I think it's also the same people who like the prequels. Yes. Uh, equate this show with that and they're just like this is a great continuation yeah because again i I said that from uh when we talked about the first three episodes uh last week yeah um this show made me feel like i was watching the phantom menace where it was like you have the little version of a classic character i don't care about it <laughs> you know, at least it didn't like bog down into testing Leia with midichlorians or whatever. Like we didn't get oh that deep, but you know, a, a kid who I I don't like the performance, largely annoying. Um, that you know goes on adventures with Jedi's where it kind of softens and lowers the what I think is cool about Jedi's in general, and goes on adventures that I'm not really fully bought into or fully don't see the vision for with characters that i know survive (laughs) you know it's it's that whole vibe all over again and they didn't even add someone cool like darth maul or something to like distract me from the fact that this is not that good of a movie or a show so i don't know i i I, i'm with you shane i i i i will say I don't. I will say we don't have to talk about this show next week. I will give us that out. Oh, thank uh, you. We can thank wait thank for you. the finale and just be like, "Listen, we we finished it. We'll get last licks." But God, I am not gonna just come here every week. I don't like talking about stuff I don't like, quite frankly. <laughs> and no, if I'm already no. four episodes into six out of six and I don't like it by now, I'm not gonna like it. So I will. Yeah. You know, I was going to say, I will say for our listeners, uh, we may be bagging on uh, the girl who plays Leia, Vivian Blair, uh, as being terrible. Uh, child actress, uh, we we can't stand. Uh, but know this, I used to hate Ryan Reynolds in a little series called 15. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm like, that's Ryan Reynolds. I know what I'm getting with him, and I enjoy his presence. Sure. So she may turn into that. She's going to turn into nothing. So, Sorry. This is, a, she, she, no, she, this is the she only may. thing she'll I'm ever do saying. in her career. Unless <laughs> they do it. She's being set up to fail. 
Unless they do an Obi Wan season two, that's the only thing you'll ever oh, find stop her in. That. She needs to go away. Don't put it in the ether. I have no problem. Don't put it in the ether. I have no ether. problem calling bad kid actors out for being bad kid actors. She's terrible, and she needs yeah. to go away and go back to school. Wow. Well, you know, the same thing could be said about Ryan Reynolds, but we know how he turned. Yeah. Out. Uh, Shane's more leaning into the kid from who played young Anakin, who is now like in jail for like stealing a car and like getting <laughs> oh, into a massive accident or something. Like vehicular manslaughter or some crazy shit. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Oh, the jokes from that day when his mugshot went through it. Oh, my God. It's it's not, you know, but I don't like to see the destruction of people's careers or whatever. But, man, the Internet can be hilarious sometimes. And that day was one of those. Um, But that's it. We're, We're done with the nerd realm for today. We will obviously revisit many of these as Ms. Marvel's just getting going. Um, the boys, I don't mind talking about every week, even if it's just a check in to be like, this show's great. Um, <laughs> I, I don't mind doing that every week. Um, and especially we've kind of talked on the side next week's a little light, you know, you know, Spiderhead on, on Netflix, uh, with Hemsworth before we get into the big Hemsworth stuff with Thor Love and Thunder weeks later. So that's a nice little appetizer for that. And then uh, Cha Cha Real Smooth comes out on Apple TV Plus. That was my number one of uh, my favorite movie of the year when we back when we did the top five of the year so far. Um, so yeah, we'll be checking in on all the TV stuff, doing all that. Don't know if we'll get to Lightyear. Sorry, Pixar fans. <laughs> um, it's such a bizarre entry for me with this one, and you know, unless uh, you know it. It rains and pours in the Northeast, and I'm looking for something to do with my kids. Maybe that uh, that happens, but I, I don't know if I see that. So, But maybe we'll check in and preview some other stuff that's coming through or maybe give you some recommendations. But it'll definitely be another packed episode because that is what we do. Right, guys? Uh, anything you that's guys right. are looking forward to uh, for next week? Anything? I'm looking uh, forward to uh, Buzz Lightyear. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> No, uh, just um, hopefully uh, catch up on the stuff that uh, I needed to for this episode, uh, but that I didn't. Barry being one of them. But uh, yeah, no, I just, uh, I'm going to go with the flow, you know, light week, do what I want to. There you go. You know? Little vacay for Chris. I, I recommend you guys <clears throat> check out Cha Cha Real Smooth. I hope I, you guys I will. Do. I think outside, real, Fine. for me personally, outside what we normally talk about, I'm at the halfway point of physical season two on Apple plus TV with Rose Byrne. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Another very underrated show that some people should definitely check out. Definitely worth your time. Yeah. I, I have Rory Scovel's in that show too, right? I Correct. love that dude. Yep. So funny. Uh, I don't know if he gets to be funny in that show, but he's a good actor for being like another one of those, like came through the comedian improv level and, and now kind of doing some more serious stuff. Uh, as it goes along so i might check that out that would be awesome um so much to cover as per usual we'll do our best to give you as we always know every film every show all at once we're kind of doing that right now so i think we're sticking to it but um as always a great time with you guys great talking to you and of course come back next week for more recent activity <laughs>